John likes tech and lives in Indiana, you know. Kevin likes the Dodgers and talks on the radio. John plays games on Xbox and on his Nintendo. While Kevin runs around LA with his mustachio, it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. In your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Mars and Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. Man, you know, we, we, uh, we start every episode by saying hi to each other. We play that theme song and I say, hey, John, I'm Kevin. Hi, and Kevin, say, I'm John. Yeah, but now we have another person that we have to say hi to. That's true. His name is Julian, and he's our first ever guest. Hey, look at that. We're going to play a round of applause sound effect. And and the Muppets just... (laughs) (laughs) And and unfortunately, I I didn't do a great job on a technical setup. And so Julian doesn't have headphones at work. He just has to listen to us with his real ears. So today's episode is with Julian, yep. my friend that I, I work with, Julian. And more importantly for today, Julian is here representing Dungeons and Dragons. Woo! Yes. So Julian comes in uh, comes in and visits me at work the other day, and we start talking about D&D, and he's telling me about how he plays. And I, I think I said this on last episode. For someone who's never played the game before and never had any real interest just because I never heard much about it, I wanted to play every day after he talked to me. He hyped me up, and I was like, dude, do you want to come on my podcast? And then I said, dude, do you want to come in mine and John's podcast because it's not just my podcast? And then he was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, the games that he plays, it looks pretty cool. Um, I, I, I saw the little clip that you had on your Instagram story, Julian. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like it was like a legit setup, it looked like. Yeah. Uh, so a friend of mine, a friend I know from high school, uh, his campaign, I guess, started in as a uh, very large, rotund uh, tabaxi, which are cat, essentially cat people. Oh, yeah. So I was <laughs> I was just like a big drunk Garfield, essentially. <laughs> and I was a monk and I'm a monk. So like it's Kung Fu cat, like just giant, big, chunky <laughs> Kung Fu cat. And um, he ended his campaign. He's been doing his his this version of his campaign has been going on for like three years. Mm. And uh, they ended their big campaign. So everyone who had guest starred at any point or had like a small arc or anything in the game all came back and re like did their characters. Well, that's cool. And so that was like easily like 15 people there. It was like a this is like a beast. There were several things that Julian just said that I had no idea about, like, existed in the game. For example, a three-year campaign. Like, it, this isn't just sit in your basement and play for three hours and you're done. It's like an, it literally can take years. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I, I guess I sort of knew, and we'll get into this more, but, like, you know, you create a character for yourself. And you sort of become that character. And I don't want to take away your steam, but, like, that's just to sort of uh, familiarize the audience listening that that is that is part of the appeal of Dungeons and Dragons, right? Oh, yeah, that I mean, for me, that's the biggest appeal. Mm. Like, I get to I get to pretend and be a weird, different thing. I can I can be a chubby Tabaxi monk, or I can be like a flamboyantly gay <laughs> angel, or like and who wouldn't want to be, or I, or like a small miniature halfling person who just wrecks people's knees with a giant club because he's <laughs> that, that, that sounds he's perfect for me. Complex. 
Yeah, John, John, by the way, is six seven, so he yeah. wants to be he, he wants to live the little man life for a change. <laughs> Knee smashing. Um, well, as as I've explained to Julian and as our listeners know, we normally jump my, my dog is making noise in the background, so I apologize. But we, we normally quiz each other, John and I do. This week, Julian has made the quiz for us. Oh man. And so we're gonna get to that. But Julian, we have a segment in our show before we get into the quiz. It's called Tidy Up. It's a tidy up section. It's just a chance for John and I to correct some uh, any errors that we may have made in the previous episode. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. The surprise that I had, and unfortunately, Julian, you're not going to be able to hear it without your headphones, but you can uh, just nod along and say it sounded great, okay? Yeah. I made I made jingles here. I'll even do this. I made jingles for this. So you ready to hear this, John? Yeah. Tidy up. Before we go, go any further with the show, show. Tidy up before we go, go fix our mistakes tonight. I want to get it right. Tidy up. Tidy up. Yeah, could you hear that, Julian? Yeah. Julian couldn't hear it. He's just lying and saying that it's not a good. I don't know, man. I, I'm pretty proud of it. I'm going to be well, honest. It's good. It's good. That was really good. That was legit good. <laughs> so I guess now this is the time where we actually do the tidy up. I, I heard you had one, John. I do. And uh, we can thank my sister for it. Oh, okay. uh, for uh, correcting your, your doctor me. sister, my doctor sister. Yeah, she has a PhD. I uh, this goes back a couple episodes to our hometown episode. I mistakenly said that all the epi- all the seasons of Bob Ross, Joy of Painting, were filmed in Muncie. Oh, incorrect. The first season actually was filmed in Falls Church, Virginia. And that's not Muncie. No, it's a different place altogether. Interesting though, but everything else was in Muncie, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Bob Ross. God, what a gift. All right. Well, good job. Good job, John's doctor sister on cleaning that one up. I had two quick ones. One is that we were talking about MVPs uh, that the Cubs may or may not have. Uh, last week, I quizzed John on the Dodgers yeah. and we were <laughs> the mic. <laughs> Told you. We were talking about how John's mic falls at least once an episode and it just fell. So we'll see. That's one. We'll keep a counter. We'll have a little ding sound effect next week for it. Um, we were saying that the Cubs had a few MVPs on their roster. They they have one. It's Chris Bryant. He's not the only anymore. one who actually won. And not anymore. Now they, they got rid of all their good players. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I even thought, saw a meme today where uh, they traded their mascot to Build-A-Bear. <laughs> oh, poor Cubs, man. Hey, they won in 2016. They had their glory. And they literally, they're like three biggest players Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, they're all, they're all gone now. Yeah, I traded them all. They blew it up. The other thing was we were uh, talking about the beginning of um, the history of champagne spraying, like at sports, how you dump yeah. champagne. And it, it started with some sort of car race, and I couldn't remember which one it was. And I've never even heard of this race. It's called 24 Hours of Le Mans. Oh, you don't is know it, about the Le Mans? You, are, are you joking? No. Oh, no, I have no clue what it is. Do you know, Julian? Uh, no. Actually. I've never uh, even heard of it. Did you not watch the movie Ford versus Ferrari? Nope. No, I didn't see it now. That's Christian Bale, right? Yeah, he's in it, along with Matt Damon. Is that what that movie's all about? Uh, well, sort of. It's the Le Mans race that they're at, but it's about the, the Mustang and the GT, Ford GT. And that's that was the point. So there's a dude named Dan Gurney. He won that race. It's literally where they, my understanding is, they drive for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in a loop. And it's whoever puts on the most distance. Yeah, it's a track. Yeah, I mean, it's not a circular loop, but I mean, it's a, a windy loop. Like it goes through a couple towns. But yeah, it's how much distance can you go? It's it's a kind of a brutal 
race in reality. Yeah, well, stay, staying up for 24 hours straight alone yeah. is pretty brutal. It's not just one driver. You have multiple drivers. Oh, yeah. it's like a but relay. It, but it's so basically it's- the car is running for 24 hours. So you're just like putting all of that just yeah. mileage and energy into the car and seeing if mm-hmm. seeing how much you can put. Where rain rain or shine. Yeah. So it's a huge endorsement for a car company if theirs wins it. Like, oh, yeah. And in fact, that is why the champ part of why the champagne spraying happened is they gave him the bottle of champagne and he drove whatever the Ford vehicle was. Was it the Mustang? Is the that GT. what you said? Or the GT. And he saw, I guess, Henry Ford was in the crowd or was standing there. And so he went to go spray him with it. Like that was. <laughs> That was, the, and so, and then you, now it, you should go watch that movie. It's a pretty good movie. Well, Julian and I will watch it tonight, and we'll report back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're officially tidied up. Nice. Um, yeah, it feels it's good, right? It's really arranged. Yeah, exactly. Really nice. Everything felt very discombobulated <laughs> before that, and now it's like, wow, it's got a really nice pocket square, it's perfectly fit, <laughs> right in there. Bow tie is tied perfectly. Mustache is twirled. <laughs> um, okay, well, we can move into quiz time, and and yes, I do have a surprise for you for quiz time too, as well as we have two segments on our show called tidy up time and quiz time, and so you know what? Let's just jump into this one, shall we? Yep. It's time to take a quiz or two, like a genius podcast doing this for you. You may fail, but it ain't no lie, baby, it's quiz time. Don't really want this quiz to be tough, I just want to pass one because I failed enough. (laughs) It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby, it's quiz time. See, like bye 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 in Mm -hmm. sync. You with me? Yeah. <laughs> have you have, have you filled Julian in on the fact that you have tied? We have tied a couple times, but you've never actually won. Yeah. No wait. I won the very first episode, didn't I? I remember because it's that's how we know yeah. I'm the better friend. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Because we quiz each other on each other, and I know more about John than he knew about me, and so I'm the better friend. But he has he's won three episodes, and we've tied two episodes. Two episodes. So today is a little bit different because, as we said, Julian made the quiz. Woo. <laughs> well, let's jump right in, man. Yeah. Let's let's do some Dungeons and Dragons work. So we're gonna have Julian ask us the questions, and then we'll just we'll see what what happens from there. Yeah. Um, cool. So question number one. It's a multiple choice question. Mm. Uh, is who created Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, the first choice, choice A, uh, Gary Gygax and Dave Arnson. Choice B is Matthew Mercer, Matt mm. Mercer, mm. or C, J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm. What are your initial thoughts there, John? I know this one. Oh, you know it. Okay, see, I don't. I don't. So I can ramble on about this for a while yeah. if you want me to. My instant instinct is to not choose J.R.R. Tolkien, but of course that makes me want to choose him because I'm like, well, shoot. <laughs> like, like, was he thrown on there because it's like, oh, he invented Hobbit, so of course he invented Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I okay, so so you have your quiz up over there, right, John? Yep. And you've already made your selection. I have. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna just do mine and feel stupid if it's wrong. I'm choosing that first one because I like those names, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson is what I'm choosing. That's what I put too. That's what you put too. Yeah. And we're correct. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, woo. All right. Well, what do you know about that, Julian? Uh, so Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, they met like after college. Mm. Uh, the next question leads into that answer um but they met in college uh gary gygax did um like game design like he was like into making different kind of board games and things like that and he started developing uh tabletop role-playing games um but yeah so they met shortly after like 
Gary Gygax got through college and they developed uh, what became Dungeons and Dragons and then so on and so forth. And it just kind of built from there. How yeah. cool. How did you know that, John? Did you, is just some a fact you knew? Yeah. Um, you know, I played World of Warcraft for many a year and it's based off of D&D um, in a lot of aspects. Just being a nerd, it's stuff that you know <laughs> at times. Yeah. <laughs> Are you calling me not a nerd, John? Because I didn't know that. Well, you do like sports ball. <laughs> I, do. I am a sports ball guy. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number two then. So, what year was Dungeon Create Dungeons and Dragons created? Mm-hmm. Another multiple choice question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is 1964, mm-hmm. 1974, or 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 ready to rule out 2015 right off the bat. I don't know if you are, John. Oh, I am. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember if it was the 60s or the 70s. Mm-hmm. And obviously we need to be careful because, you know, we don't want to reveal too much. I know which way I'm leaning right now. Right. I know the 80s had the big uh, D&D is satanic. Scare. Uh-huh. Yes. I believe there is a question about that later. So you yeah. you may be ready to go on that one. Yeah. I'll just tell you what I'm thinking because I, I don't think it's going to persuade John in any way. Yeah. I'm thinking 64 Though you know what, I don't. I don't know what my logic is. I thought I had logic, and I'm right. realizing right now I don't. I, I, I was originally it. thinking 64 as well, but I just switched it to 74. Because you're thinking of how maybe popular it got in the 80s, and maybe yeah. that's the right time frame. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, I'm going to choose 64, and I'm going to lock it in just to just to move this along and see what happens. So we're locking it in. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you got, John? Uh, 74. Okay. What do you got for us, Julian? Uh, the, the correct answer is B, 1974. Okay, so this is for Kevin. <laughs> and this is for John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so shortly after college, uh, in the early 70s, uh, Gary Gygax starts to build, and Dave Arneson starts to build Dungeons & Dragons, what is now known as Dungeons & Dragons. And uh, as previously stated, you know, it's real big heyday was the 80s. It takes a dip in the 90s of because of what happens and then oh. rebuilds up again in the like mid 2000 like 2010s and yeah. interesting i love the teasing that we got going on we're dropping <laughs> the word satanic in we're talking about a, a drop off and a bill i'm like if i was listening to this right now i'd be like which i am listening to this actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i am like oh what happens i can't wait um all right well looks like john is winning two to one and we're ready to move on to number three uh so it's the third True or false question. Yes. There are five editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Now, now before wow. Kevin starts talking, Julie, yeah, because you know I will. I, I, I just want you to know he tends to overthink true or false. Yes, <laughs> it's yes, very funny to watch. Hey, John, you're giving me too much credit. <laughs> I tend to overthink everything. <laughs> yeah, I get I get so into okay, are they playing mind games on me? Did they want me to think it was true and it's really false? It's interesting because we had a similar question last week from John about the Xbox and how many um, generations of Xbox, which there are four, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, you knew that. Yeah. We should have you take the Xbox quiz. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts, John? I already know the answer. Oh, God. You, of course you do. Gosh. This is, we got to bring someone in who knows baseball or something. The, for the me. Chevron's <laughs> locked. Stargate reference. See, so here's where the overthinking comes in is like, I'm like, I bet you there's six editions or there's four editions or a fifth one is coming out soon. So this is like almost true, but not quite. I'm going to choose true. I'm doing it. It's locked in. You're locked in over there? Yep. Yeah, you're locked in. You know it. Uh, it's true. We are currently in the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons currently. Uh, you chose true, John? I did. Okay. Yeah. So the majority of people now are playing uh, fifth edition. It's a more streamlined 
kind of easier to grasp. I know it's still very dense. Mm-hmm. You can still, you're like, oh, here's the player's handbook and the DM and the monster's guide and Volo's guide everything and Tasha's cauldron of stuff and Morinkind's tome of foes. And you're like, <laughs> what? And you're like, don't worry about it. It's way easier to read. It's not as dense, um, but it's easier to understand. Um, it truly is in like third and fourth edition or 3.5. There's like more specified roles. So it just was more, even more like specific. And now things have broadened out and made, maybe everything's a little bit easier to quite understand. I, I do remember when fifth edition came out, there was a big outcry about how simpler it got. Oh, people yeah. were like mad about it. Yeah. yeah. Like people, yeah, legit people got mad and they were like, this is easy. I don't want, like, I want like more complex. Give me a Rubik's cube while I'm blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. Well, let's just, uh, let's move on to the next one. Oh, this, we've been, pl- what we call in D&D is planting seeds. Oh, That's yes. what that is teasing. That's you, what we do. We planted seeds, seeds earlier about this. Question number four is another multiple choice question. Uh, in the 1980s and 90s, there was a public outrage against Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. What what did the media outlets dub this outrage? Mm. Uh, choice A is Passion, Pain, and Demon Slant. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is uh, the West Memphis, West Memphis Three. Mm-hmm. And three, C, is Satanic Panic. You, you know what it is, don't you, John? I'm fairly certain I know what it is. Okay. See, so I, I already knew there was a Satanic uh, outcry about it. So obviously the, the choice Satanic Panic jumps out at me. What I love here is that two of these answers are are made up by Julian potentially, <laughs> and that's fa- that's fantastic right there. I really want it to be passion, pain, and demon slaying. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know what West Memphis Three is pointed at, but I think, I, I mean, I I'll, obviously we'll probably get an explanation on that. I'm gonna choose Satanic Panic. Same. And you would both be correct. It was the Satanic <laughs> Panic. Very religious conservative. I mean, you know, the 80s were a very religious conservative time with Reagan in office Mm. and then Bush. uh, You had these more conservative outlook on, you know, media and games and what people are doing. So a lot of kids, you know, that didn't they weren't into sports. They weren't into these things. They found each other and they started playing this game where they would summon demons and witches and devils and Mm. and freaked out parents across the land and they would do they would think that these kids would be going to graveyards and committing satanic whatever and it's like that's not what was happening and uh, unfortunately there were some instances in which first and foremost trigger warning for those who with suicidal thoughts or mm. anything like that but kids that were outcast had different difficult problems meeting people hanging out with people with similar interests and mm. This was an outlet for them. And when their parents found out or they were neglected about it and, you know, all these things happen or maybe they got mixed up into drugs and things of that nature. And so they unfortunately passed away. They killed themselves. And Mm -hmm. so the media was like, well, it's Dungeons and Dragons fault because that's, you know, that's the thing that's bringing them to this. And when it's realistically a uh, their voices weren't heard. Yeah, essentially. And that's what needed to happen. Uh, there is a great video on this uh, by the dudes over at No No Rolls No Rolls Bard. Uh, they're a bunch of they're a British account on YouTube. Uh, uh, Luke Owens does a very in depth, beautiful piece. It's thirty minutes long, so if you have the time, I would highly suggest to watch it. The Satanic Panic and what happened. It goes more in depth than I did, but it's it's really eye opening and it's just kind of like man, you know, it's just a game. Yeah, we're yeah. just here to have fun. 
And that's not, it's not to be taken that seriously or how people blame certain things on video games or music or whatever. It's just, that's just that art form. That's all it is. Yeah. We'll make sure to have the the link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that explanation. And um, Uh, funny enough, uh, Passion Pain and Demon Slaying is a Kid Gutty album. That's all that was. That it's was a Kid Cudi album. album. It's just a Kid Cudi album. That was well done. That was well done. That'll be the next uh, the next public outrage over, <laughs> over D&D. Will be that, that'll be the headlines. So right now we're four questions in. Uh, John, you're four for four, right? Yeah. Yeah, you would be. I'm three for four. Um, <laughs> let's just jump into number five then. Uh, it's another true or false question. Uh, this is a big question like for it. this, actually. Uh, like the point of Dungeons & Dragons is to win. It's to win the game, like every other game you play. Can you clarify you what it means to win? Or can you? Can you clarify what it means to win, or can you like not? To, to, like, in, as in if you played Sorry or Risk. There's a, right, there's a winner. There's a winner and a loser. loser. My thought on it is like, yeah, this is a, there's almost like a philosophical angle to this, yeah. you know, which yeah, I really, love. There really is, actually. I, I think I have to choose false. I don't, I can't imagine that from what I've learned about Dungeons and Dragons being such a, a fun community experience that the point is not, I mean, shoot, you could, you could almost argue that any sport, the point of it is not to win, you know, yeah. like it's, it's the experience, but that's yeah. not the way we do it in America. Uh, I'm going to choose false. <laughs> I'm choosing false as well, because I think it's for the loot. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, reading that question aloud, that really comes to my head. That's really relative, but it is false. Uh, to me, and being the expert on this podcast. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> See, he called himself an expert. <laughs> I was right calling him an expert yesterday, last week. I'm really not. I'm just, I'm just a guy who likes playing the game. Um, and to me, it's not about that. It's not about winning. Mm-hmm. But as I said before, it is really relative. Some people are like, I want to go into a dungeon. I want to kill the beholder. <laughs> and I want the big sword at the end of the thing. Oh, that's how that's, I win. That's, and, that's the and, point. And I win. And that's the game. Mm-hmm. And then next week we'll do, it'll be like, we'll be in an ice dungeon this time. And there'll be an ice dragon <laughs> and I'll get the big ax at the end. I win. Like that's, that's how people want to play an item. And that's their fun. And that's, that's what, that's the beauty of the game. You can play it from any different angle. Uh, me and my friends like more story building and world building and character building and depth. And we like all that because, you know, we're all creatives and creatives like to go that extra mile. And not to say that, People who aren't creatives don't enjoy that experience. I know a bunch of we've played with a bunch of people. And one of someone in my campaign is a banker. Oh, yeah, but he loves the story building and the character building and stuff like that. It's a creative outlet for him. Yeah. Do do people who have the same intentions tend to find each other to play with? Oh yeah. I mean, it's essentially dating, right? Like you're trying <laughs> to find the person or persons that are you know. Do you? It's 2021. Do you? Uh-huh. And then. Uh, you try to find the group that where you fit in. Mm-hmm. You get in where you fit in, and you know that right away. And you know that like something isn't quite right. Uh, we've had issues like I've had issues that I've been at tables where I'm like, you know, this isn't the D and D I want to play. Mm. Or I've you know led sessions where I'm like, this group isn't quite melding together, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I like it because it sounds like you find your pack, right? You yeah. find your you find your troop. It's not always going to work. And uh, yeah, man, I yep. love it. I love the idea of D and D bringing people together. Oh yeah. All right. I love that. I love that question. And I love that answer. The point is not to win. According to our expert, Julian Garcia, you can email him at Julian Garcia at email.com. That's right. Go right through. All right. Number six, let's move on. Uh, Number six. uh, There are a bunch of different die and dice in D and D. That's kind of what everyone kind of knows. Mm -hmm. But what, what's, 
in what is the most important dice? What's the dice that the player will roll the most? Uh, is it a D6, which is a regular dice you would see in any Monopoly mm. or whatever? Mm-hmm. A D20, which is all the sides. Mm-hmm. 20 and, of them, in fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a D10. It kind of looks, D10s look like little tops. Wow. Do you know this one, John? I'm torn between D6 and D20. Uh-huh. I want to say D20, mm-hmm. but I'm not positive. Yeah, D20 jumps out to me, I think. And I think that's probably because that's sort of culturally known as the the 20-sided die, right? That's the, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. I was between D20 and D10 just because 10 is kind of in the middle. And I, I, I don't even know if a D10 exists, to be honest. I don't know. It does. But, okay, it does. It yeah, does. Yeah, it okay. totally does. Oh, okay. yeah, it totally exists. I'm going to, I'll see what John picks, but I'm going to lock in D20 on my end. I've done that too. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and you both would be right. It's a D20. Woo! Um, look at us go, John. Wow. Yeah, as, as Kevin said, that the kind of most iconic dice mm-hmm. that comes when people think of D is the D20. It's the one with the 20 different sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there are several different dice. There's a D4, D6, oh. D8, D10, D12, and a D20. And there's a thing called a D100, aka the percentile dice. 100? There's like, you it's, roll two D10s essentially. But yeah. I have seen like at conventions and different things, and there's like a D100, and it's literally this softball size thing <laughs> that has a hundred different sizes on it. And the numbers are really, really tiny. Um, but, and that's silly. I wanna roll that, <laughs> I wanna roll that dice so bad right now. <laughs> the, uh, the answer to the next question will ask the player. Let's say, Kevin, you want to, like, I see that river over there. I want to, I want to swim across it. Uh-huh. The stream seems like I could swim across it. And I go, hey, cool, roll an athletics check, which is, you know, any, think of athletics as anything you could do with your body, oh, physically, okay. like muscle stuff. Okay. Um, and then you would roll a d20 and whatever insert modifier here adds to the d20. And then you... Well, what does that mean? Like, I don't get that. Like, so let's say I rolled a d20 and I rolled a seven. Yeah. What does that mean? Depending on various modifiers you get, like, are you proficient in it? Are you like, so let's say you're, you're our swimmer by trade. Like you're a sailor. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I'm a sailor. I'm used to working with my hands and uh-huh. doing hard labor. So you would be good at athletic things. And so you'd be like, all right, cool. You get a plus, let's say for the sake of it, plus five, which is like one of the maxes you can get off the bat. And uh, so that's seven plus five. But so I would want to roll a higher number. Yeah, though, you always. Like, yeah, you always want to try to go goal, like a, tw- a plus twenty would be like hell yeah, man. Oh yeah, d twenty and natural twenty, the nat, uh, the natty, the that's big, what it's, the big fat natural. That's uh, what it's called when you roll a twenty. Yeah, the nat twenties. That's the best thing you can do like okay. in the world. There are some things there. It's an automatic success or a critical hit. Oh. So if you roll to like, I want to, I want to stab that guy with my big sword and you hit a natural <laughs> 20 and it's like, oh man, you did it so strong. Like, I'm really like, stab like you really stab him for more damage or like double damage or whatever it is. And John's showing his 20 sided die yeah, right now. It's a beautiful yeah. Dice. yeah. I mean, I, I've got yeah. that one, but then I've also gotten a lot of spin down counters since I play magic. I don't know what a spin down counter is. It's just like a D 20, but we're on the, the D20, it's like random numbers, like it's randomly uh-huh. placed. A spin down is in order. Like it starts off with like 20 and then 19, 18. Literally spirals down to yeah. the bottom. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, that was a great question. We, you kind of uh, teased the, the next question, but sh- shall we move on to that? Yeah. All right. So question number seven is what player is quote unquote in charge of the game? Okay. So you have the DM slash GM, mm-hmm. the SM mm-hmm. or the KS. Mm. You know this one, John? I do. 
I so my guess, my my guess right off the bat would be would be and I, I knew this prior to seeing the next question, by yeah. the way, that DM stands for dungeon master. And that's my understanding. My guess would be the GM maybe means game master. I don't know what SM stands for, and I'm really hoping that KS was chosen because those are my initials. That is what I didn't say anything. That is what my <laughs> hope is. I didn't say anything at all, actually. <laughs> I am gonna choose DM slash GM. What did you choose, John? Same. Yeah, so the Dungeon Master or the Game Master. Yeah. Uh, Dungeon Master is the, like, used for D&D. Game Master is used for relatively every other tabletop role-playing game there are in existence. They're also just used loosely. Some people just like using the term Game Master more. They don't want to, like, they want to go back from Dungeon Master. They want to, like, you're the Game Master, you're the Master of Ceremonies, you kind of host the game, and you kind of create the world in which the players are living in Mm -hmm. and you're kind of in charge of you're the writer director star also starring because you play all the ancillary characters that they're going to meet from the day and all that stuff so you do all of these world it's just you building the world and building the playground and watching the players play in it so, so you're the Kevin Smith of D and D. You write, you direct, you star in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kevin Smith. That, yeah, so that's exactly. What, is that what the chaos was for? Was it for Kevin Smith? Oh, it was for Kevin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was for me. Um, yeah, that's pretty fascinating. What here's where my mind goes is I'm like, how often does it happen that people get upset at a dungeon mat at a DM? Or do most people come in pretty like they accept that this is his game? Like I'm living in his world right now, or is it like that's stupid? You're just doing that because you're trying to screw me over, you know? Um, it depends. Like it depends on the player, and you know, you you have to have those set rules in place. The the, the world has rules, right? Like the world we exist in has rules yeah. that we abide by. Yeah, and so you kind of have to have the similar concept to keep it somewhat organized and like you can't just be like oh i fly and then i turn into this and then i do that and then like i poop out gold and then like all this like you don't do you don't get to do all of that but can pooping gold be established in the world well beforehand uh, i mean like transmutation wizards i guess that's how it oh, work they would tra- they would transform, transform their their poop, poop into, into gold, gold. Yeah. What, what about a curse they change that material just like very high powerful wizards <laughs> yeah what about a cur- you curse someone to poop gold right Man, that would be a crazy curse. <laughs> That'd be a pretty good curse. It'd be a painful curse. Yeah. <laughs> all of the above. Uh, all right. You ready for number eight? I am. And and here we are, John. We, you you are still seven for seven. I am. And I'm six for seven. Yep. I, I don't want to lose by one to you. Like, I don't want to go to the rest where we're, but I either want to miss the rest of them or you miss the rest of them one way or the other. Like, I either want to win this thing or lose by a bunch. <laughs> I'm not going to try to do one of the, I'm going to try to win, but right. that's the point of this. The point of this is to win. There we go. <laughs> All right. Number eight, Julian, bring it on. It's another philosophical S question. It's true or false question. Mm. Uh, can anyone be a dungeon master? Anyone can be a dungeon true master. True or false? True or false. I'm going with true. Wow. I mean, here goes the overthinking, right? It's like, I would like to think this is true, but I also am wondering if it's like, okay, but you sort of got to pay your dues. Like I wouldn't, I'm anyone. Can I be a dungeon master? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in my first game. You know, I'd want to be, um, I mean, you can, I mean, I know for me personally, I would be a horrible dungeon master and I never want to do it. Is that because, because you wouldn't want to be creating a world and creating the That's rules? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm (laughs) not very good at creating fiction. Like my, my mind is a little bit too analytical for that. 
Got it. But you, but you, you would enjoy taking in the fiction or no? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, no, I would definitely enjoy playing with the guidance of the dungeon master. I'd be able to, you know, go along with it and stuff, but being the DM, unless it's, you know, a strict, you know, following the, the book, mm-hmm. I couldn't come up like with what Julian does. Julian, you just got mad props, man. <laughs> <laughs> Julian is a special human. I- it's just fun. It's just fun times. It just lets me be creative, as you said before. It lets my creativeness run free. I like it. I like it. And then we got to add a layer of creativeness by making you make a quiz for us. John John sounds like he's choosing true. I am. I'm going to choose true in the sense that it's like a truly open game and doors are open to everyone to, to partake. I, let's just go with that. We're both choosing true. Yeah. And that's the correct mindset. It is true. Anybody can do it. I do it. Uh-huh. I am Dungeon Master. Uh-huh. I don't think I'm very good at it, but yeah. I do it, and I have fun at it, and the players I play with, they enjoy it. Uh-huh. You can do it, too. Um, there is a great uh, series of uh, Dungeon Master guide, like guiding someone into becoming a Dungeon Master, how to do it, kind of getting the mindset about it. Uh, there's this guy named Matthew Coville, mm. uh, not Matthew Mercer. I think just for me and the way that he explains things, there's just something he's a little bit more direct. It's not as like, Oh, kind of tangenty. He kind of just gets to the point of what I want to know. Mm-hmm. And he's got, a, he's got a great series as well. And his first, the like, so you want to be a dungeon master. Uh, so you want to run D and D there's a, like, he just literally gives you, Oh, here's a dungeon. Like have that be your first session. And that was the first session I ever ran. Oh, cool. It was literally that dungeon. Wow. Yeah. So, so he, he, his, so I guess that's what you're saying is his whole philosophy is just jump on in, man. Yeah. Any, anyone can do this. Yeah. The other day when Julian and I were talking, Julian, you mentioned that they're teaching a lot of at, like at risk youth yeah. how to play D and D because yeah. it's a good opportunity for them to be doing some activity that, you know, doesn't lead them into risky yeah. activities on the streets, et cetera. Yeah. A big one, uh, critical role does is a two six LA. Um, they kind of help with creative writing and creative and they do D and D and they do, different kind of outlets for kids. And, you know, it's just letting them forget about the struggles of everyday life and letting them live in this fantasy world and letting them explore that emotions. And you'll be impressed if you really get into it and you really buy into the ideal because it's one of those things where you get the most out of it the more you put into it, Yeah, I feel. And, you know, some people are not more reserved and they don't, and you may not from the outside looking and you may not think that they're really getting it mm-hmm. or like, man, I kind of wanted this to be an impactful moment for that person or that character. And they just kind of aren't that way, but it's just cause they aren't that way. And then they'll, you know, players have come after me after games and being like, that was the craziest thing. Like wow. that was intense. Like I, on the inside, I am just a wreck. Yeah. yeah. Cause you get, you get attached to these characters. Mm-hmm. Like I played in a campaign where I, uh, I played a druid. I created two giant frogs, two giant toads, uh-huh. and I sent them to attack the thing, and they got obliterated. And on the inside, I was like, man, that sucks. Wow. So I, as a fake person, yep. playing a fake person, creating a fake thing, uh-huh. this like three different levels of like, well, I didn't want like I didn't want them to go out like that. You That's felt, for like, felt for them. Felt for the toads. That's pretty good. All right. Are we ready for number nine? Yeah. Bring it on. So... There are a bunch of different types of characters you can play in Dungeons and Dragons. They're called classes. Mm-hmm. So how many different classes can you play in D&D? Wow. So is there eight? Is there 10? Or are there 12? What do you got, John? You don't know this one? I No, okay. but I've got a good guess. 
I mean, have, having played World of Warcraft quite a bit back in the day, I mean, I know that WoW has borrowed, I guess would be a good way to put it, quite a bit from D&D when it was first created. Mm. And a lot of those, you know, the, the classes, but I know that they didn't grab all of the classes from D&D for WoW and that they've had some that aren't in D&D. So I'm taking an educated guess. You're not going to tell me what it is, though, huh? Because you don't want to lead me to it. <laughs> That's your call. For me, it's a complete throw at a dartboard. So <laughs> I would probably deliberately pick something you're not picking if you told me what it is, what your guess is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in fact, no. I think, I think what we should do is we should, we should count. Julian should count us down from three, and we should say what our choices are. You just, you just got three, two, one. It. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But let me. Fine, I don't even know which one I'm gonna. This, this is a big. Oh, this is a big moment for me. Oh, <laughs> huge <laughs> for the show for the make history or break, of the show yeah. make a break okay i'm ready count us down here we go so three two one twelve, 12. that's the correct answer is twelve there are twelve different <laughs> classes wow. and all of them have various different subclasses that you choose and all these other things uh so there's like your martial classes you have your fighter it's very much like hey you see that thing over there now it's dead there's the barbarian which is your stereotypical conan you know Loincloth, rage, buff, that thing over there, I'm going to kill it, but I'm going to do it angry. Uh, there's the wizard, the very classical wizard. There's the sorcerer, who is the like rich cousin of the wizard who inherited all their magical abilities while wizards went to college and learned about it <laughs> and studied books about it. There's the warlock who sells their soul to their deity or makes yeah. a contract with them, a pact, and that's how they get their magic. Uh, there are... Uh, rogues your sneaky steely uh types um there's druids they're the nature wizards they're oh. the ones that turn into animals and stuff oh my gosh okay. yeah like think of that or like if you've seen the hobbit like radagast the brown he's mm -hmm. a druid he's like widely considered to be a druid in the token universe oh yeah talking to animals being becoming an animal using earth-based magics oh, um there's the clerics and the paladins the get their power from gods and they also get their powers from gods because they're believers in got it that as opposed to like making a sign pact so clerics are the healers they're like the healer medics kind of thing uh, -huh. uh paladins uh they're um they're like big tough tanky dudes that can kind of heal but they're like thing is smite they have different various flavors of smite there's like <laughs> thunder and fire and force and like nacho cheese flavored of just smite, just smiting, just smiting it all. A paladin, and, uh, and paladin is what I played in. Wow. C can you be a, a bard paladin? Yeah, oh, totally. Because you would be. Your, what does that mean? So you're just like a performing. Wait, wait, would that be Creed? The band. <laughs> like the band Creed? <laughs> the band Creed? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they were like Christian rock. Oh, they were they like a Christian rock band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Scott Stapp would be like. <laughs> Scott's dad. Like, yeah, I was thinking like like a church choir, like someone in a church yeah. choir. Like that would be like a really fun like bard cleric or bard James bard Brown. paladin thing. That sounds this sounds like a game, and I want maybe it already <laughs> exists, but like choose a band and then see where they what <laughs> class they would fit into. Yeah. You know, that's what, there's like a debate to be had there. I love that match. Mm -hmm. Are we ready for our last question, number ten? Yeah. See, now here's the thing: is I, I like I like what Julian did here. In fact, I'm I not going to spoil it. What's what's the score here? You are nine for nine. I am. I'm eight for nine. 
and you'll find out in a moment, but I believe there's no way for me to catch you now. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm only bitter because I'm going to lose, but I love this question. Go ahead, Julian. Okay, so number 10 is an open-ended question. I know that's kind of not what's accustomed to this podcast. But much like D&D, we're open to... Yeah, yeah we're, we're throwing it out. It's cool. work. So if you if you heard this episode and you got an inkling to roll some dice, mm-hmm. um, what character would you want to play and why? You know, you can be a human, you can be an elf, you can be demon baby, you can be a halfling, dwarves, gnomes. Well, I like this question because it allows us to, after hearing everything, mm-hmm. think about, wow, if I were to play, here's the direction I would go. And that's my hope for somebody listening right now, too, where you can take this quiz at lackofgenius.com and actually type your answer in. But yeah. just to think about, hey, what character would I want to be and, and, and why, I think is a great opportunity. Do you, do you have thoughts on, on yours, Joan? I think a giant bard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd be like a Goliath bard. <laughs> right. A big old tall mountain Goliath half giant thing with a giant loot or a harmonica. Or you could be whatever. Or you can be like a juggler. Oh. You know, it doesn't bards doesn't necessarily have to be music. I know it's a custom like person thinks that. Like, yeah, because the bard is the one who has all the charisma. And, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah and, like, uh-huh. Big like court jester. And so you can choose sort of what your creative fun. It doesn't have yeah. to be music or singing. Yeah. It can be juggling. It can yeah, be like, a friend of mine, he did puppeteers. He was a puppeteer. Oh. He was like, he did marionettes. And, do you have uh, any idea what you would do, John? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I originally thought Bard until I heard about Druids. Because oh, I love the idea of connecting with nature. Yeah. And um, gosh, I don't know. I haven't. You know, you know, an animal that I've always kind of connected with in a weird way. I know this can sound funny because there's a lot of them around, but a raccoon. I love I love <laughs> raccoons, and I love I love that they come out at night and they they sort of stick together and they're they I, I my understanding is they can be very friendly and loyal, but they're but they're also pretty ferocious. But I, I like the loyal. I want to be some kind of raccoon, and I don't know why that is exactly. Yeah, you just be you just be a trash panda. I'd be a trash panda. I want to be a trash panda, man. I, uh, if I could a trash panda right rogue. now, I'd be it's a druid, man. <laughs> druid right there. You just reskin like I, I, there's not necessarily a raccoon, but there's badgers, and you can be like, all right, you're just a Bigger raccoon. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's cool, man. I love I love that you got our brains thinking about like where we would go with this game. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's I think that's the point. I think the the you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Julian, is to I I sensed and sense now a lot of excitement about this game and I yeah. want I want it it's infectious and I want to spread it to people <laughs> listening. So um, you know, we're not wrapping up entirely yet, but I just want to no. say thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, oh, thanks for the quiz. Thanks for the energy. Thanks for the the knowledge that you've dropped on all of us. Of course, man. You've dropped several knowledge bombs, and all of them went off in a, in a <laughs> glorious fashion. Nice. All nat 20s. It's all nat 20s. <laughs> so where can we find you doing stuff, Julian? So my Instagram, my Twitter, social media handles is hi, H-I underscore I-M, the letters I and M, underscore Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, and there are various music and D&D and all this other wrestling, all these other things I'm into, and I just post about it. I don't really care. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Julian's got a, a, a great taste in music and very eclectic taste and very, uh, the dude makes playlists that are that are wonderful. And, Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, man. Ju- Julian's worth the, hi, I'm Julian with some underscores in there. Yeah. Um, is worth the follow. Yeah, man. This is great. I think first guess went pretty well. Yeah, I think I you're you're going down in the history books for us. Yeah, you you you're the best guest so far. You are the yeah. best guest so far. I'm trying to be. Yes. Don't ask us how <laughs> what our take on that on that after we get guest two. But uh, John, you won again, my friend. Congratulations to you. There it is. I'm I'm losing with grace. 
that was a lot of fun. We we have a we have an episode we're doing next week mm-hmm. that we're going to be slightly behind on timely wise because we realized oh the Olympics are happening we should probably do an Olympic themed episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And by the time it airs, by the time we put it out, the Olympics will be done. Yeah. It'll be just a big recap. <laughs> yes, it'll be a re- it mm-hmm. will be a chance. And and so we're each choosing a sport. Did you choose your sport, John? I, I, I I'm going back and forth between a couple. But yes. I'll, I'll leave it as a surprise. Yeah, I got I got a pretty good idea, and it's gonna I, the one I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do is a, is a fun one. I think you're gonna like it. So we're each gonna we're each gonna be representing a sport and quizzing uh some mm-hmm. quizzing each other on it. And uh, what else we got, John? Anything else? Well, I, I do have some exciting news, and I've got a oh, question for you. Yes. Okay. How does it feel to be a paid podcaster? Oh, <laughs> it, if I get this question right, do I get to tie you on this episode? No. <laughs> yeah, we have our first patron, right? We, we have do. a Patreon page. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we got our first patron. Yep. I'd like to do a shout out to my uncle and aunt, Dale and Nikki. Uh, they, uh, uncle Dale, Aunt Nikki in the house, baby. They, they have graciously uh, decided to be patrons of ours. So. so now they get a say in the show. Uncle Dale texts us a list of suggestions, and they were all, Ke- Kevin's got to go, man. Executive <laughs> producer, Reds. Executive producer. <laughs> he had some good suggestions. I he love did. I love the interaction and the, the mm-hmm. um, to me, that shows that that Uncle Dale and others are they care. You know, I love yeah. I, we love hearing from you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, follow us on the socials. Hit us up. Let us know what's going on. We say the same thing every episode, but we we love your participation. We're a small, humble podcast that, that is trying to grow, and we appreciate you for. Uh, hopefully, you did. We gave people a homework assignment last week to tell one person about this podcast. And uh, if you didn't get it done this week, we do allow uh, late uh, turn-ins. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, although there's yes. a penalty of you got to tell two people now. Yeah, now you have to tell two is the only problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right, John, you feeling good, man? We are. Yeah, you are because you won, Julian. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, my friend. Here's Thank a round you. of yes. applause for you. We appreciate, appreciate you for being here. Appreciate you guys. Um, we will uh, we will see you next week and uh, and thank you again, Julian. John, we'll catch you later, dude. Yep. See ya. Bye, everyone. Peace. It's the Lack of Genius podcast in your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Martian Venus. That's why it's the Lack of Genius podcast. <laughs>